Welcome back to Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff. Today we had a great conversation with Kelly Keelan, who is a friend of yours, Maggie. Tell us how you met Kelly. So uh, um, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I used to be involved with an organization in Atlanta called Renovus, and um, it's a really amazing organization that their goal and their hope and what they do is they connect LGBTQ plus Christians into small groups. And uh, I was a part of Renovus as an ally for um, quite a while. And I actually uh, became kind of the staff spiritual director to uh, the small group leaders. And so that's how I met Kelly, um, that uh, I would kind of support her in her role as a small group leader um, as part of Renovus. And, uh, um, and then after I left Renovus, we just, remained friends. And, uh, and when I say that we have had three and four hour dinners, just talking about life and queer stuff, we have had three or four hour dinners, just talking mm -hmm. about, about all the things. And she is one of my favorite humans. Interestingly enough, Kelly is, I think at this time, she's the only transgendered person that is a leader within Renovus. Uh, most of the other leaders are all cisgender gay uh, men and women. Through our friendship, I have uh, really learned a lot about the trans perspective, and uh, she's just been an incredible, incredible friend. It was a very affirming and, and life-giving conversation that we had with Kelly today. Mm -hmm. I think that Kelly is the first transgender person I've spoken to at length. I learned so much, and I was able to really get to know, you know, what is it, what is life like for her, I mean, especially as a Christian and a transgender woman. Um, that's just, uh, it's so wonderful to hear her story. Uh, she sounds like she has a, a really great group that she's a part of with Renovus, uh, which, you know, I think is really her church. I think my biggest takeaway from our conversation today was that our goal as human beings in this world could be or should be i don't really like to tell people what they should do but i feel like the world would be a much better place if we began to be formed into people that were characterized by acceptance and love yeah and i know that's something that kelly has really found in renovus yeah i think my takeaway from this conversation maggie was when when kelly was talking about it, how how important it is for people to get to know trans people personally, and so that they can really get to experience them as a person, as opposed to just hearing these generalizations um, that they hear on TV or read in the media or hear from their church. They just, they really need to get to know someone um, who's living like that so that they can, you know, um, see that a lot of the generalizations are not true. Absolutely. And uh, that they're actually experiencing more freedom and more growth and more authenticity by living as they were meant to be as a lot of them would say that they were created to be that way not that god made a mistake but that they were created to be a transgendered person and i think that that is a really obvious thing that kelly has has said um, from our conversation and so i think you will enjoy the conversation we can't wait for you to listen. Uh, we'd love to hear your takeaways as well as you're listening. So feel free to email us and share that. Our email address is in the show notes.
I'm so excited for our conversation today with my good friend, Kelly Keelan. She and I met a couple of years ago through an organization called Renovus um, in Atlanta, which is an organization for LGBTQ plus Christians to uh, get into small groups and to connect and uh, to really share their love uh, uh, for Jesus and for their faith with uh, people who um, who historically have had to choose between their faith and who they are. And Kelly is one of the small group leaders and um, we've had other people from Renovus on the podcast. So I'm just so excited to keep having all these amazing Renovus people on the podcast. So Kelly, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you today, Kelly. So a little bit more about you, Kelly, you have been a golf course superintendent since 2003, but you've been in the business uh, since 1993 Mm -hmm. and you have been living full-time as a trans female since 2019, but you started Mm -hmm. coming up to people in 2018 and we can't wait to hear all about your journey and more of who you are, but we're just so excited to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And yeah, I was a golf, I'm a golf course superintendent now. I was a golf course superintendent. Actually, my first job was in Memphis in 1998. And I left Memphis, came to Atlanta in 2000. But my current job, I came here since in 2003. So yeah, it's been a long journey um, from where I was then to where I'm at now, believe me. And, you know, being trans in this industry, you know, has, it's, different than I think other industries. It's obviously a male dominated occupation. Um, But I've taken advantage of that just, you know, being who I am, and I think educating people, you know, about the trans community has been awesome, because it is so male dominated um, around me. And I really loved, I loved it that I get an opportunity to kind of share who I am and educate people that literally have no idea about the trans community other than what they hear on TV. And that's not always in a good light. You know what I mean? It can be negative. So I think how I carry myself and how I act has gone a long long way with uh, educating people that would normally not have ever met or had an opportunity to meet a trans female. So I'm still there, which is a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. I love that. And um, you and I have had quite a few dinners and we've talked about all of these things. And, um, and I love that you want to, to educate people just by being who you are so they can experience, mm-hmm. have a, an actual experience with a trans female and uh, see that it doesn't match up to what they've been told in church or what they've been told on the news or, um, it's especially cause the, the conversation around gender is so, uh, yeah, it's, su- it is such a hot topic right now. And so to give people an opportunity to, uh, experience you and come up with their own opinion, which if for anybody, if you ever get to meet Kelly, you will know that she's amazing. And then you'll be like, why do people think that trans people are X, Y, and Z? Cause Kelly's amazing. So, um, that's kind of our hope for today is a little bit of education, but also just trans visibility, because that is important because that's how we, through conversations and dialogue, that's how we give people the space to, uh, to understand better. And I think, you know, just thinking about kind of what I was going to say, but also I've thought about this before and the more and more I see um, trans females or the topic of transgender, um, you know, on TV or a comedy show or whatever it is, I think 
it's just so much easier for this country to paint everyone with a broad brush. And it's not just mm -hmm. the trans community, it's women, it's men, it's minorities, it's gay, mm -hmm. it's bi, it's everything. It's just easier to categorize us all as one. Mm -hmm. um, and especially the trans females with my journey, all of our journeys, I would imagine are slightly different and slightly the same, but you know, I think we just have to start judging people individually and it's so difficult because you have to take the time to have a relationship with one, someone and want to get to know them. Um, it's easy to just be worried about ourselves and to say, well, this community is this. It's just easier in our brains, in our head. And, you know, and that's another reason when you see a trans female on the news or you see, um, you know, you're just thinking protest and trans rights are human rights and we are trans women are women, you know, and that's all you ever hear. But I've always made it a point to have relationships with people, whether it was at a bar, a complete stranger, or one of our regulars that are playing golf, is to carry myself in a way that I'm no different than anyone else. I'm a human being, and that's where we need to start with us as individuals and where we're judging. We should judge on a clean slate, and I think it's important that you judge me individually, you know, and so when I, the way I carry myself and the way I can have conversations and we can tell jokes and we can just basically live our life with ever bringing up your male, I'm trans female. You know, we, you don't have to bring that up. It doesn't have to always be about I'm trans female. It just has to be about, I like you. I like being around you. And I think the more we judge people individually and we want people, certain people in our life, the last thing it has to do with is race, gender, you know, and that's kind of where I wanted to start with all that. It's literally judging us individually. And so when you are seeing something on the news, that's a negative light that has grouped us all together. You can have an experience, which a lot of people don't get to, to say, hey, I know I have a friend, Kelly, that's trans, and that's not a representation of who she is. And I hope the more people that I communicate with and the more people that I'm around, um, I can educate them that you know, a lot of what you see on TV is a really broad brush and it's not true. And it's, and it's not just for the trans community. I think that's, that's everyone, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think it's, yeah. I think it's so we're such a simple people when it comes to that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's just easier just to lump us all together instead of, you know, opening up and, you know, and having that one-on-one -on -one connection. Yeah, you're right. It's not just trans people. It's, 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 Black people, it's um, immigrants. You know, people just have this this overall view of that they're all like this, and they're all you know one way or the other. And um, it, it's it's you know I, I I have known it seems like you know a lot of the the people who are opposed to um, transgender people's rights or gay marriage or name fill in the blank whatever the topic is, it's because they don't even know anyone who that affects and they only you know they only get their information from fox news or uh, whatever you know the church the church even <laughs> and, and those things do go hand in hand the church and fox news but we won't go there um, <laughs> so so they don't even know anybody who that affects but when they do come to know someone personally like you kelly then you know they it tends to go two ways either they dig in their heels and just you know really still oppose it even harder or they they begin to realize well this is not true what i've been hearing this person really is a person really does have feelings really is a you know normal and and then they start to soften their views and and then change 
I really wish that, you know, that more people would actually seek out and try to find someone and get to know someone that, that all the, that the church tends to, to demonize. Yeah. And it's a trust deal too. I mean, a lot of the people that get those opinions are being told those opinions. They're not going right. out and meeting and going into our communities or going out with an open mind. People that look like them, people that act like them, people that believe the same things they believe, that's who they're listening to. Um, it's like asking some of these talking heads, what's it like being trans female? You know what I mean? Or what's it like being an African-American in this country? You probably need to go ask African-Americans. You probably need to go ask LGBT people what it's like living in the country. Don't ask mm -hmm. the people that look like you, act like you, yeah. heterosexual white men, don't know what it's like being trans female, but that's where the majority of this country gets their information. You know what I mean? It's like me talking about horse racing. Well, why don't you go talk to someone that actually races horses? You know what I mean? And so it's just, it's a, it become, and that all 100% comes down to trust. They don't trust mm -hmm. me. They don't trust the left. They don't trust LGBT. They trust the person that looks like them, talks like them, acts like them, votes like them, and believes like them. And it almost feels like that they're going against their beliefs when they when they change who they are to have a conversation with me. And if we can hit on some similarities in my journey talking to certain people that maybe aren't okay with you know, trans rights or LGBT rights. And if I can just lead by example, that's how we change minds. I'm not going to change minds with a, with a sign and a protest and, mm -hmm. you know, dog and Fox news or dog and Tucker, I'm Tucker Carlson. I'm never going to get anywhere with that. The only way I'm going to change their mind is being who I am, being positive, living um, my truth. And at the same time, educating them. And I've had people come up to me that, you know, after four or five years of not being okay with it, having the courage to come up to me and say, hey, I don't get it. I don't believe it. I don't, you know what I mean? And, and I'll tell them, well, you had four years to get to know me and to listen. And I get, I understand that you don't believe. I understand that you don't understand it because for 45 years, I didn't understand it. And I think a lot of us in the trans community, and I'll just speak for myself today, is, you know, since I was a kid, I had in my mind, I'm different, and I want to be female, but I knew that was never possible, and I fought it my entire life, so the people that don't understand trans females or transgender, I get it, because I didn't understand it for 45 years, and until I finally was so miserable, was so depressed, but I finally had enough support or the right support to be able to have the courage to come out, so I get that and I relate that, but if you're not in my mind and you're not in my heart and who I am, there's no way you can understand it. And the only way I can, you can understand it is I think just being around me and seeing mm -hmm. I'm happier, seeing, you know, I'm more, there's more clarity with me. Um, and I love myself opposed where I used to not, and I'm not as confrontational or as angry and there's not this internal fight or struggle with gender. Um, and people not knowing why I was angry before I came out. You know, there's a lot of clarity with meeting Kelly now opposed to meeting Ryan 10 years ago. Um, and the people that have taken the opportunity to get to know me as Kelly have seen that. And that's how you change people's minds. Um, mm -hmm. As far as you're a man, you're a woman, there's only two genders. 
I mean, we can get into that discussion all day long and it's out there and I know who's saying it. And I've listened to that person over and over what they say. But again, that person is not sitting down with a trans female and getting A to Z, right? They're just getting the aftermath. And mm -hmm. they only know of two genders, male or female. You know, I've always looked at that as <clears throat> what we are and who we are. Like if we want to get scientific and you want to break it down, you're male, you're female. Okay, we can, we can, I can meet you there. You know, we're male, we're female. But if you, there are laws being created against the trans community, you know, if I'm waiting around for a Supreme Court vote to see if my insurance is taken away, if my employer can terminate us, if, you know, we're getting kicked out of the military, <clears throat> the government is separating who we are. But you're still saying there's two genders. You know what I mean? So if there's two genders, why are we being, why are votes being, <clears throat> or laws being created against us? You know what I mean? So you have to give us that a little bit. So scientifically, you want to say there's two genders? I get that. But who we are in our heart, who we are in our mind um, is female. And that's kind of how I've always looked at it. And I've lived 45 years as a man. And I've lived now four years as female. And I can tell you, I'm the furthest thing from Ryan. I'm the furthest thing from male. I just don't know how to explain it because <clears throat> I'm living that. You know what I mean? I'm living that. And it's so hard to explain to someone that don't, isn't thinking, you know, with my brain or my heart or living their life like I am. And, and <clears throat> so when you make these judgments, it's coming from a place of just that you're just judging, you're not doing any research or communicating. So that's the hardest thing to explain is who we are. Um, so that's kind of way I've always looked at it just to try to make it peace with me and the people that say, hey, there's, you're either male or a female and you're male. You know what I mean? And I think mm -hmm. there's, there's some frustration with that within the trans community. And I totally understand that. And I totally get that. But that's someone that's caring about specifics, not the individual in front of them. They're not, you know, whatever I say, I don't want it to hurt you. Or I want to call you she, her, or I want to call you by your name, Kelly, because I love you and I respect you and I want you in my life. That's all we're asking. We're not asking for a birth certificate every time we want to sit down and have a conversation with some someone. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of, when you get individuals that is determined to call me he or Ryan, um, that's, a, that's a decision you're making without understanding anything that I'm saying or sitting back and witnessing how I'm living my life and who I am now. Um, and I think the, my hope is the longer you're around Kelly, the more you see, yeah, this is female, this is she, her. Um, but that's not gonna happen the first five, 10 times I meet this individual because they are so not brainwashed, but they've already got in their head, this is what I believe and I'm not gonna change that. So it, it's gonna take time, I think, um, for society to see that. And this, hopefully this argument goes away. That's, that's just, the, it's the frustration that I have with the, the two gender comment and yeah. Well, and I would even say that, you know, just from a, for those that uh, would consider themselves under the Christian perspective, loving another person is choosing to see that they 
are experiencing freedom in who they are. And so to help them continue to experience freedom, that's not up to me to decide how you should be the most free. You know that in your heart of hearts. And so just to, to that respect, like you talked about, I don't, it's, it's about showing love to another person. And in my mind, that is respecting them and understanding that they know who they are better than I do. And, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean into that. You know who you are. And I believe that you are who you are. And therefore that's a more respectable in my mind, loving thing to do. Right. And I think, you know, what kind of got me back, you know, into Christianity and into my faith, um, you know, it is no matter what side of the left or right or what issue, anything, at the end of the day, it's loving others more than you love yourself. Not that we don't love ourselves, but lifting up others. And there are verses after verses within the Bible of caring about others more than we care about ourselves. And um, if you keep that on the forefront, I think, you know, that's how you live your life through the Word of God and through Christianity. And it just makes everything in life so much easier when you care for someone. But when you're sitting there constantly trying to uh, put someone in this category or talk about this person, it's so it's it's so funny. I, this kind of got brought back up uh, in my little world. Like actually last week, there was a guy, I'm not going to get into what he was doing, but he was doing a little protest. He was making his own little statement at this um, place I was at. And I just ignored him. I didn't think anything of it. And he didn't like that I was ignoring him because he was actually anti-trans. He was against me being trans. He had known me as Ryan and was, you know, ignoring me at this place we were at. And I don't want to get into that, but he, we were, he was basically ignoring me and wanted me to know he was ignoring me, but I ignored, but I ignored him and he didn't like that. So he messaged me on Facebook and he basically told me why he was ignoring me. Like he really wanted me to know this. And <clears throat> normally I would continue to big time him and be like, I'm Kelly, I don't have to answer that. But I think trans <laughs> females, I think we're fixers. I think we want to fix the world. <laughs> we want to educate the world. And I wish I could just, you know, delete comments. And, but I think that, you know, we have such a pride and we're such fighters that we want to communicate with the world. And he was throwing scripture at me. This guy was throwing, you know, and I don't believe in this and I don't believe in that. And I said, and my comment was, you know, we're Christians based on how we treat people, not what we believe about people. And it was so different because we had went, we had had this back and forth and he said something that kind of blew me away a little bit or it opened my eyes up and it was so simple, but it was kind of, it was awesome. He said, I am not talking to you about politics. I'm not talking to you about social justice, but I would love to sit down, open the Bible and talk to you about, you know, the word of God and Christianity. And I just laughed and I went, why are you separating that? Yeah. That should be the, that should be on the forefront of when you talk politics. How are you putting religion up here when you talk about politics? How are you putting religion up here when you're talking about social justice? Religion should never be put on a shelf, put on the sidebar when you're talking about the other two topics. And, you know, I think for years we were like separate church and state, respect all religions. I'm almost to the point now <clears throat> to where we are in the country. Maybe we do need religion back in schools. Maybe we do need religion back in government because hopefully it would change the way laws are created or the way people vote. But 
I would think your religion, your Christianity, your faith should be on the forefront of when you talk politics. It should be on the forefront of when you talk about social justice. But the person I was talking to can't, he can't mend that because he's not living as a Christian. He's having to put his Christianity and his faith on a shelf to believe what he's believing. And that one little comment opened my eyes up to, wow, that's where we're at today. And that goes back to loving others more than you love yourself. You know, you can't do that if you're putting your faith up on a shelf. Does that, does all that make sense? It, it kind of blew me away when he said that. Yes. And it makes me think that he probably would like double down on his Christianity and say, no, I'm definitely not separating it. I am, this is the forefront. You're like, okay, but where does hatred fall, fall into your faith? <laughs> well, I said that, I said, your actions did not represent the word and it doesn't. I mean, Jesus went towards sin. If you think I'm sinning, if you think I'm a sinner, if you think transgender, we're the devil. And we're, even if you believe all that, Jesus ran towards sin, right? So why are you running from me? And why are you ignoring me? That's None of that has to do with the word. None of that has to do with Christianity. It's how we present ourselves. It's how we act as Christians. You can still believe someone, but at the end of the day, we have to love others and lift others up. And you can't do that when you're putting your faith on a shelf. You can't do that when your arms are crossed and you're protesting. And you can't do that. That's not how we live our lives as Christian. You can speak the word and you can tell me what the Bible says, but if you're not living it and you're putting it on a shelf, then I'm not the one you need to help. Right. And all, all the while he's, you know, thinking he's being a good Christian because he's going to church on Sundays and listening to the sermon and then he can leave the doors of the church and be as hate filled as anybody on the rest of the week. But, but he's good because he's, you know, he's sitting on church on in church on Sundays and reading that yeah. Bible. And he's, he's justified him. because his pastor says yeah. that, you know, queer issues are sin, you know, clocking in and clocking out of church is one thing, but living your life as a Christian is a completely other. We all know that, but um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's frustrating on so many issues when you sit down and you try to meet people halfway and I try to understand, you know, where they're coming from. Um, but this is the way God made me. And mm -hmm. I didn't just see this on TV or in a magazine five years ago and think, wow, how fun to be a girl. <laughs> this is like, you know, people, I've had people tell me, I don't believe in it. Believe in what you don't believe. It's like, Maggie, I don't believe in the fact that you're a woman. I just don't believe in it. You know, it's like, believe in what? Like, it's like, it's not like they almost look at it like I bought a t-shirt and I'm part of the club now. I'm trans, I'm female, you know, and it's so frustrating because you're not taking what we went through serious. You're not taking the struggle and the 45 year fight um, serious. This is not, you're not listening. You're, you're, you're just telling me what someone told you to believe. And that's the frustrating yeah. part. Yeah. And that goes back to like the importance of dialoguing and actually having relationships with people that believe different than you or have different experiences than you. Um, I may, I think I've shared this with both of you, but um, the one of the churches where I contract the the pastor likes to talk about gender quite a bit and uh, is on the opposite end of the belief system that I am when it comes to all of that. And um, and it says obviously it fairly conservative, fairly conservative is an understatement, but it's a very conservative church. And I was talking to one of the guys in the green room and, uh, he's, he's a black man and he's Christian. And so we were talking about, and I was asking him as a white person, you know, 
I know that I will never fully understand what it means to be a black man in America because I'm not one, but I want to have this conversation. I want to ask you questions so I can understand it the best that I possibly can, even through my white female filter, right? And he was so appreciative that we we're having that conversation that I posted that way. And then like two minutes later, he says something about transgendered people and how he just can't believe that um, like, or he just, it's just not okay that somebody would wake up one day and say, oh, I want to be a girl. I've decided I want to be a girl so that I can like go into the girls' bathrooms. And, uh, and I looked at him and I was like, there is not a single trans person in America or ever that would say that that is their story. And he was like, well, how do you know? And I said, well, have you ever had a conversation with a trans person? And he go, and, um, and he was like, have you? And I said, yes, I have. And he goes, you know, trans people. And I went, <laughs> yes, I do. And I said, I would encourage you. And I said to him, just like I asked you questions about being black in America for, to help me understand better. I would encourage you to go talk to a trans person and ask questions, you know, to seek to understand and be gracious about it, not so you can, you know, tell them all these misguided, you know, views and misconceptions. Yeah. And he, you could just see, he was like, absolutely not, you yeah, know, like really he could threatening. never. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I literally just modeled for you and you were so appreciative and now you refuse. Yeah. And I'm like, how is that different? How is that different? But but it is, but it's the importance of, you know, having conversation. And I feel just from my relationships with Kelly and other trans people that I know that I can take, I don't want to say that I, I am that person that can stand in between, but like the, at the same time, like they're, I don't know, what's the best way to say this? No, um, you are an ally of the trans community and you absolutely can help educate because you know, more so than not, that person is listening to you, where he literally yeah. just told you he would not listen to me. So I can't carry, I can only carry our message so far. We can't do this without allies, and we can't do this without people that love us. And it's, you know, the one thing I know, I saw or I witnessed when I came out was the people that do love you and support you, overly love you and support you like you will know right away i've had people that i hadn't talked to in five or ten years the second i came out i mean they were almost doing cartwheels back into my life and they love and i oh. need that. i needed that because we had because you had the complete opposite to where you had people that were in your life the last so many years and became goats they were yeah. gone so yeah we it was a fear i went to a 30-year high school reunion a couple um <clears throat> weeks ago and, you know, I was a starting running back in high school and I the first time they met Kelly and I was terrified, but I didn't want anyone to know that. And I, you know, and I think I showed up again with my mantra of this is going to be how I carry myself. And I looked at it again as educating people, having fun, communicating, continuing to talk about old times. And um, obviously the girls were right away, oh my God, I wish you would have said something. And, you know, they were so supportive but it was amazing to watch the guys that I had run around with or whatever it was slowly work their way towards me. And then by the end of the night, they were, Hey, Kelly, what are you drinking? I mean, it was, but that's how you changed minds. You know what I mean? I didn't go in saying, you know, vocal or I just went in and 
you know, and did my thing and lived my life. And the people that loved me and wanted to be around me, you know, I accepted it. And, you know, and believe me, I was really thankful for them. But it also, that gave me the courage to win, you know, the two that were hanging out in the corner, ignoring me and pro doing their protest. It didn't bother me as much. Whereas probably four or five years ago, it would have really upset me. So I think the support that we get from our allies, that's what drives us. That's what, that's what in our head makes us know we are doing the right thing. Someone actually believes us, someone hears us. Because um, we spent 45 years beating ourselves up and telling ourselves, you can't do this, this isn't right. And, um, <clears throat> but I think the trans females, I think we're fighters. And I think obviously Kelly won. So I think, <laughs> but you know, and, and we have talked about this and I think you've mentioned it a little bit in your notes, Maggie, about Ryan and, you know, and I kept my, guy name as they say and you know and that can be taboo from a lot of the trans females um now i kept it because ryan is really cute with kelly ryan now if it was bill i probably wouldn't have kept it but <laughs> I, didn't have a i didn't have a problem i did not keep it because i hated ryan or i hated who i was um because i think a lot of the good times that people had with ryan a lot of that was kelly you know what I mean? And there was just an inter internal struggle struggle that no one knew about. No one knew that, you know, when I had a good time, you know, that was that was Kelly. And when I was depressed or miserable or fighting, having this internal fight or maybe treating someone, um, I was short with them or I was argumentative with them. You know, that was just the frustration of Ryan trying to figure this whole thing out. Um, and you're talking about not being educated I wasn't educated and I was living that, you know, I was thinking I was since the age of six or seven, I was going to wake up and not want to be a girl. And I, and I told myself that all the way until adulthood, until I was married with two kids thinking, this is the easier life. I want to be a husband, a dad. Um, you know, I officiated high school football for 13 years. Like I wanted, I was doing everything I could so that if I got really good at it, I wouldn't want to be a girl. And I was fighting the fight, but you can't, this isn't a joke, this isn't a game, this isn't something I just decided to do. It's not going away. And I was stubborn. I was hard-headed. And it finally came to a point to where I had the rest of my life to live miserable, or I had the rest of my life to live happy. And it, once I made that decision, obviously I had to have support, but there's a sadness because for 45 years, I was protective of the people in my life more so than myself. And I was like, mm. I don't want to, I'd rather hurt myself than hurt the people around you. And that was just a crappy way to live. And, you know, and trans females, I think people see us as protesters and we always want to fight, but, you know, we lived in fear a lot of our life. And, um, and the fear was not wanting to hurt or lose people. Mm you know, that, that are in our life. And there's some, there's a lot of sadness to that. And even now when I drive to work or I drive around town, I see areas that I used to pull off and transition into Kelly and go meet my girlfriends for lunch and then go back and have to change into Ryan and walk into the house. Like, you know, I'd been playing golf for four hours. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's a sadness and it breaks my heart to think I'm hiding and I'm living my mm -hmm. life that way only to not hurt others, but what is it doing to me mentally? What is it doing to me emotionally? And I feel that pain still driving past these areas that I used to, 
you know, change into Kelly. And it was just, it was a sadness because I was fighting and I was fighting to do it that time and not ever do it again. I, I threw away so many clothes and makeup and shoes and the, and the clarity I got when I threw that away, how happy I was thinking, oh my God, I've done it. I'm never going to want to do this again. And I've accomplished this and nobody has to know, nobody has to find out. Well, two weeks later, it's back. You know, you can't run from it. You can, you can make a decision and, you know, and it, as hard headed as I was, I didn't make the decision until I was 45. Do you want to keep living like this miserable? Um, or do you want to change who you are? And thank God, you know, my ex at the, my wife at the time, um, she's still my best friend, looked at me and said, you have to do this. You know, mm -hmm. I will support you. And that was the first time in our almost 15 years of marriage where she did look at me and say, you have to do this and I will support you. That's what gave me the courage to transition. Um, I don't know if I ever would have without that. But at the same time, look at the amount of people I've met. I've met Maggie. I've met Chris. I've met some amazing people within Renovus that I would have never met. Um, mm -hmm. And I've leaned on them so much. But at the same time, they've leaned on me. And I never thought in all the years I was Ryan, someone would need me and need my support. And mm -hmm. that is as great as, you know, me leaning on someone else, someone making me feel better is when you can make someone else feel better, or you can make someone else feel loved or seen. Um, that's as good a therapy as anything. <laughs> and, and I, and I never would have knew how that felt had I not transitioned to Kelly. Kelly, would you uh, talk to us a little bit now about how you, um, wrestled with your faith through this process of coming out? I, um, when I was in high school, I had a high school sweetheart and we were really active in the Baptist church. It was Wednesday, Sunday, you know, living that life and doing what I can. Um, <laughs> once I got into college, I got away from organized religion. I got away from my faith and it took me coming out to get back into the church, get back into, you know, reading the word of God and getting back into my faith because for so many years, I allowed people to tell me who God was, or I allowed people's actions and their hypocrisy to tell me what church is or what organized religion is. Instead of listening to the word of God and having an individual relationship with God and no church, no people's actions or hypocrisy. That was a, my relationship with Christ one-on-one. -on -one. That's what got me back into it. Um, and I think it wasn't just me sitting down making a decision to do that. It was really weird how I got back into the church. I had just came out and I live in a, in a um, neighborhood and there's houses all around me. And there was a, there was a lady diagonal from me and I came out and she knew and she just so happened that week said, um, hey, we are having an LGBT night at my church. It was an Epiphany Lutheran church. It's in um, um, right off Peachtree Industrial. And she said, come to my church. We're having an LGBT night. And right then I was blown away because what I had thought um, previous to, that, to her telling me that was exactly what we talked about earlier. You know, church, God, you know, anti-gay, everything. So that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And I had said no a couple of times. And then finally, I got onto myself and said, hey, she made an appointment to come here, invite you, you need to go. So I went to this LGBT night and they had tables set up. 
and it was LGBTQ, and they were educating <laughs> what each table meant, and then they had the associate pastor, had all the verses out, anything having to do with anything, and he was basically, you know, obviously interpretation, but he was basically going through, you know, each verse and how verses were used against the community and, you know, what his opinion was. I was blown away um, that this church existed. And that night, two girls grabbed me and said, we're going to the Atlanta Bar Church. It's this gay bar. And you go to the back of this bar in Amsterdam, Atlanta, and there's pews set up. We're drinking beer. And there's an entire band doing nothing but singing, um, you know, gospel music. And it was amazing. I was absolutely blown away. And I just broke down and started crying because I was like, dang. I was like, and she, like Teresa, the girl that I just met five minutes ago, you know, <laughs> stolen me, and she's just like, it's okay, it's okay, it's like, it's all coming back to you, full circle, and it was amazing, and from that point forward, I had met a guy named Wes, um, who was part of Renovus, the uh, LGBT organization that Maggie talked about at the beginning, and I thought Wes was super cute, you know, he's gay, <laughs> I'm trans female, that doesn't mix, but still, I, you know, I went up to him and just was talking to him and I was like, hey, you know, introduce myself or whatever and didn't think anything of it. Well, five minutes later, he goes up and he starts talking about Renovus and what it is and, you know, and it was awesome. And as a joke, I kind of looked at Teresa and was like, hey, I don't know what Renovus is, but I'm joining, you know, and <laughs> at, that point, I, at that point, I think I was just saying yes to everything. I was saying I needed the love and support because I had went to trans meetups and it wasn't clicking, you know, and I think my whole life, even living as Ryan slash Kelly, I'd only had female friends when I was, you know, being Kelly or dressing as Kelly. I only had, you know, I never had gay friends. I never had trans friends. So my girls, you know, my biological, you know, girls were, those were my friends. And so we know when I met Wes and he had Renovus, it was, you know, basically a, the majority were gay men. I think I might have been the only trans female at the time. And so we had a huge meeting at Hudson Grill and I went there and sure enough, the whole room's gay men and me. Um, but when I sat down, it didn't matter. It didn't have anything to do with me being trans. It didn't have anything to do with them being gay. It had to do 100% with acceptance and love and fellowship and saying, hey, we all have the same story with leaving our church. And we've all cried the same tears and we've all been rejected. This is, this is a place to where we can continue our faith. And um, regardless of our gender or sexual orientation or any of that. And I can remember, you know, talking to Teresa on the ride up to the, to the bar church or whatever. And, and I was just kind of blown away. And this, this kind of did it for me that not all churches are the same or not all religions are the same. And you can have an individual relationship with God without a building and without clocking in and out of a church. And, you know, I had a conversation with her and she said, you know, our, our motto is all means all. And I was just like, what? And she was like, all means all everyone's welcome in our church. And I was like, you know, what's sad is that you're standing alone by that comment. That should be every church in America, all means all. And that's what kind of said, all right, you know, maybe, maybe this thing, you know, I'm clear headed now. I'm full-time Kelly. There's clarity. I'm not fighting that internal struggle struggle. And that's when I got back into faith and religion, because I was finally ready. I finally decided to love myself and the people around me. But again, 
I needed allies. I needed people grabbing me by the arm saying, we're going here. We love you. We support you within five minutes of knowing me. And look at what saying yes did. It completely changed my life. It completely changed my support system. And that's God using the people around me. That's what was awesome. So powerful. That's a different attitude than what I had believed before, right? <laughs> uh, everybody's hypocrite. Everybody's clocking in and out. What I hear what you're saying, but you're not living that. And there's a lot of that then. There's a lot of that now. But when you find those special people that are willing to live by their faith and by the word of God in day-to-day um, situations and lifting each other up, I needed that. And I didn't know how much I needed that. And that's what, that's what got me back into believing, hey, you know, this is something special. And, you know, God is working in mysterious ways and working through people. And yeah, that's, it's completely changed. And when I had, when I had sad moments, that was early on, all that happened within the first six or eight months of me transitioning. And from that point forward, no matter how hard it was the first year living as Kelly and, and having losing people in your life that had been in there for 15 years, I always had my small group, group every Wednesday night. So no matter what I had dealt with, when I left that small group, I literally felt energized. I, it was so um, moving for me to leave. And to, it was almost like I called it my reset, my midweek reset. It was like no matter how broken I was entering, I reset and then I was ready to tackle the rest of the week. And no matter what I ran into, I knew I always had that Wednesday night to sit down with people like me with similar stories, um, similar struggles. And, but at the end of the day, it was all there about scripture and the word of God and the love of God and the love of each other and the support. That's what it was all about. And I, and I needed that. And I look forward to that. And even to this day, I look forward to it. Um, and there's been some times where I've, kind of walked into the meeting like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. I don't know if I wanted to go tonight. I must have said that 20 times, especially during Zoom. You know, during COVID, <laughs> on Zoom, I was like, Chip, nobody's going to say any of the chips in my, in my small group. And I was like, nobody's going to say anything. I'm just going to, you know, and you're just so dejected and miserable. But every single time, not some of the time, every single time I left my small group or I got off Zoom, I was rejuvenated. And I was, I mean, it was awesome. And that's the, that's the work, work of God. And that's the power. And I'm a completely different person. I don't think I could have transitioned without revisiting my faith. And if I did, I would not be as confident or as happy as I am now. And that's why I know it's right. That's why I know this is God's work. This is something that's created or made up. So you can call me whatever he, him, man, whatever, but you know, I know how to, I'm going to live my life, you know, from here on out. And it's to, you know, it's through my faith and lifting others up. And that's, that's where the courage is going to come from. And I think we need that to live our lives the way we want to live it through our strength, through our courage and through our faith. So that's how we meet people halfway. That's how we communicate. That's how we live our life. And that's how we're going to change minds. You're not going to change minds any other way. Um, you had said earlier that, walking into that Lutheran church was uh, kind of characterized by acceptance and love. And I know that you, not only can you not change your story, but you've also said at dinners that we've had that you wouldn't change a minute of your story, you know, because it has helped you be exactly who you are today, which is characterize yourself by 
acceptance of and love and i would say acceptance of, and love of other people but also acceptance and love of yourself which um i imagine well you've, you've talked about that is that was a hard thing for you to get to a place of of loving yourself um until you you know started living from a place that was your true authentic self yeah absolutely but you also when you're doing that maggie you're doing that alone you know and i think there's a fear of letting people into your world you know i didn't talk to anyone my my wife at the time knew that i had i mean she would find stuff around the house like clothes or whatever and that would create an argument but outside of that no one knew all of us you know trans females or even gay men gay women that's a self internal self struggle that we have our entire life little do we know the second you step out of that and you come out the amount of support you don't have to fight this battle alone anymore and i think we always want to look at the negative and the fear and the losing people and i think mentally i felt like once i came out i was still going to fight this alone and it was going to be even harder than if people just didn't know you do not realize, I did not realize the immediate support I got. And again, I said it earlier, the allies and obviously the people within the community, their support is huge because they have the same story, but the allies and the acceptance of people that aren't trans, aren't gay, that's as empowering as anything. And I think that's something that I wasn't thinking about when I came out. Um, was the support. I think it was, there was such a fear for 45 years of someone finding out that I thought when I come out, I'm just stepping out and I'm going to be all alone when I step out. You know what I mean? And there's, and there's not, there's so much support out there and there's so much love. Um, and that's kind of how I carry myself. And that's kind of how I live my life is not necessarily for those trans girls that are out, but the ones that aren't out yet. And Maybe I'm changing their parents' mind at a sports bar on a Sunday afternoon, you know, and that and their parent has a different attitude when they get done talking to me and leave, you know, that bar than they did before they got there. You know what I'm saying? And so maybe it makes it easier how we live our life, how we represent ourselves as Christian, as the trans females, how we live our life and how we carry on. Maybe that makes it easier for someone to come out and to know that you can do this, you know, and to sit back and witness, you know, our community and how we're, you know, we're not always shouting and in an argument and a back and forth, you know, I think we get so much more done when we just live our life. And um, that's going to be my goal from here on out. But it, yeah, I'm always thinking about the girls that aren't out yet. And because I know how tough of a struggle that is. And so I never want to represent our community in a bad way or definitely myself in a bad way. And, um, but to let them know also that the amount of support that is out there, you are not mm -hmm. alone. And it gets said over and over, but it just never gets believed. I mean, you're, you're terrified. So uh, hopefully in time, it's not as big an issue. And I think we've already made a lot of progress. So. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but I sense that there, I guess, just from, from my own perspective, I feel like I would, that would be a heavy weight to carry to have to be fighting for the next generation to fight for, for me to be who I was created to be and, and meant to be. And uh, then also be fighting for the next generation and the generation after that. And after that, 
Um, do you do you feel that way? Do you experience that? What is that like for you? Well, no, because we've been fighting our entire life. We've been fighting not to fight. We've been fighting not to come out. We've been fighting not to be who we are. Um, there, we we're fighters. Trans females are fighters. And so when we do finally come out, and you get someone, you know, coming at us from a certain, it is hard not to turn around and go back at them because we are so used to fighting. Uh, but when you re are reading the word of God every day and you're keeping your faith, you know, in check and um, you're surrounding yourself with other like-minded Christians, you continue, you don't have a problem fighting because we fought our whole life. The difference is it's a different kind of fight. It's how we're approaching, um, you know, certain beliefs or certain people, uh, but no, we're fighters and, I, and I, I don't have a problem with that at all because I know this is the right thing. I know in my heart, this is the right thing. And, and when you try to use my faith against me, my faith and the word of God and the Christians that are, have been in my life are a huge support system for me. That's, that's what's given me the strength. So there's no way I'm gonna allow you to use that against me when it has supported me and given me the strength and courage to go on. So no, I don't, I don't have a sense of pressure. I just have a sense of the hardest fight was not being Kelly. Um, this is the easy fight. This is the good fight. Um, this is the fun fight. And I'm doing it um, you know, as a Christian with a lot more support. Uh, so yeah, this is completely different than fighting myself alone. You know what I mean? So, and I almost don't consider it a fight as much as just being, you know what I mean? Just being, just mm -hmm. living. Um, and if you want to have a conversation, absolutely. Let's sit down and have a conversation. Uh, if you have a strong opinion, I'm okay with that, but you got to be okay that I have a strong opinion also. And I think there's, I think there's a way we can all come together and understand this. And again, you don't have to be 100% okay with it, but you do have to respect us and you do have to give us the same amount of respect that, you know, we're giving you. And because mm -hmm. that's kind of always been on our forefront, you know, the trans community is not wanting to hurt other people or, you know, the gay community, LGBT, anyone where our biggest goal was never to upset our parents, our friends, our loved ones, people we work with, you know, it's almost, we've always had their best interests in mind over our own. So yeah, I don't, I don't consider it a fight. I, I consider it, you know, living my life. So is, is Renovus your church now, or are you involved in another congregation too? I still go to the Epiphany Lutheran Church. Um, I am, I don't know what they call it. What do they call it? Uh, when you don't go a lot and you should. <laughs> uh, um, priester. <laughs> priester. Yeah. I, uh, I still use Renovus every week for my reset, for my faith, for, you know, continued this continued support and who I want to be and education. You know, I don't, you know, I've got such a great small group that, and they're so knowledgeable and they're so passionate you know, about the word of God and about their faith that I can throw out a couple of verses, tell them what I think it means, and then they're going to take it and run with it. That's the excitement. That's the fun. That's what I enjoy. So I get the bulk of going to church, going to my small group, but I do love my church people. They will always be special because that was the initial kickoff to reopening, you know, my faith again and my relationship with God. So they will always be a special place in my heart. Um, so yeah, that's the church I go to. 
or I want to go to. And I kind of feel guilty saying that because I go to it one every 50 Renovus meetings. So (laughs) that's going to be my goal this year is, um, but that's just goes to show you how powerful Renovus is and the people of Renovus. That's when you can sit down in a room with 10 or 15 other people, that's, that's so much more powerful to me. And I love our preacher at Epiphany Church, but you know, it's just, there's a lot when you're sitting down in a room with 15 people and you're communicating the word of God and what it means in different scripture, and you're learning from some really brilliant, compassionate people. It's just, it's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's a perfect picture of what the body of Christ is supposed to be like, um, you know, as opposed to the the lecture, you know, one person standing at a podium lecturing the rest of the folks. This is a Renovus is a, is a group conversation, a body, a real living body. Yeah. yeah, it feels a lot like it could be like a house church model, maybe yeah. not with the worship, but with the, you know, actually dialoguing and being able to goes back to education and, uh, but also just doing life together on a smaller scale. Cause you can't do life with a church of a thousand, you know, um, but you can do life with your church of 10 you know, that you meet with every single week. Yeah. So Kelly, the last question that we'd like to ask all of our guests is um, who or what is God to you now? Can you talk to us about that? Yeah. I mean, God to me now continues to, you know, just to put it out there, continues to be my savior in a sense that I continue to need him every day, every week, no matter what's going through life. And it's not always when things are bad, even when things are good, I continue to need to read the word of God and to have God in my life and to uh, work on who I want to be, you know, as a person or as an individual. So he continues to be my savior and saves me from, you know, going into my room and, you know, and crying or being upset or being depressed. And I think you're still going to have those days, but at the same time, as long as I'm keeping the word of God on the forefront, instead of, you know, the back burner, as long as I'm spending, you know, we talk about this in our small group, you know, it could take two minutes a day, three minutes, it could take something as one little devotion, you do not understand how powerful that is, and how I can accomplish, you know, the rest of my day, and so he will always be my savior, and I think that's where, that's who God is for me, I need him in my life more so now at least as this is how I feel than as Ryan, because I'm, I'm loving myself through God, through him, through fellowship, through, you know, my brothers and sisters in the community, my allies. So yeah, that's, that's who God is to me. He's, uh, he's working through everyone. He's working through my allies. He's working through people in the community. So I need these people in my life. And it 100% has to do with the word of God and their faith, my faith.